0: The sun has left and forgotten me It's dark, I cannot see Your stories don't define you, how My you tell them right will. Hi, I'm Sarah Elkins, your host and chief storymaker at Elkins I'll Consulting. See. As you know, I love to dive into conversations about authenticity and identity and how we change over time. And today's guest is going to be such a great guest. Uh, compliment to those themes. Vanessa Juppie is um, doing some really important work around motherhood and children. And as far as I'm concerned, that's how we begin to address the problems that we face in our community is changing the cycles that are happening now between mothers and children, parents and children. So I'm really eager to get started in this conversation. Vanessa, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Uh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, of course, uh, once I saw what you were doing, I couldn't not reach out to you and have and ask you to be a guest. So I'm really excited you said yes. And just to get started, you know how I start my podcast episodes. You've listened to a few episodes. I would love for you to share something about yourself that most people don't know about you. Something that's not on your biography or your website or your resume if you still have one. I I was just asked to put together a resume for somebody and I thought, gosh, it's been a lot of years since
1: I've had an updated resume. Anyway, what do you have to share with us? Yeah, absolutely. Um I, you know, love those stories. And I was really thinking about so many different things that I could share. And then I landed on just something very recent. Um, we just got home from a 40-day road trip. And <laughs> I'm going to be 43 soon. And when I was 40, my husband and I sat down because we're total nerds. And, you know, my background is digital product management and development. And his background is design and user experience design, and all of those things. When we turned 40, I said, the only thing I want for my birthday is for us to plan the next 10 years of our lives. And I remember we were sitting on, this is during COVID, right? Like it, we turned 40 during COVID. So yay. Um <laughs> I turned 50 during COVID. So I I, I hear you. Not
0: quite the celebration we had in mind for that decade.
1: (laughs) Right. A hundred percent. And so it was also our 10 year wedding anniversary that year and all of those things. And so I remember (laughs) we were sitting on the porch with um, our next door neighbors who are in their seventies and eighties. And I was telling them all about like my mad scheme to have this birthday that's focused on the next 10 years. And they're so wise. And they said, well, don't forget about the last 10 years. Don't forget about where you've come from and make sure you reflect on that. And it was awesome advice. Wow, beautiful, it was, right? And and so my husband then, because he does a lot of like workshops around like how you design things, he put together this really cool um, experience for us where we sat down and we reflected on the last ten years and what went well and what didn't, and then what our favorite moments were, and then we put together a plan of what we want those next ten years to look like, and um, and it was all around like the careers we want, the experiences we want, what we want to do with our kiddo was about to be six, which is crazy because he was three at the time. Um, And so a lot of that is around you know, traveling. And I kind of narrowed in on my top three values, which are family, freedom, and continuous learning. And so this last week, we just got back from 40 days on the road, exploring the Pacific Northwest, which has been a place we've never been, never spent any time, but really wanted to go see. And just as a family got to experience so much worked while we were on the road. Uh, We kind of spent a week in different cities and worked from there. And then on the weekends traveled and explored and in the evenings, you know, hiked around and it was just an incredible experience and that sort of like really fun bonding and being able to teach our son in real life about really cool places and, and history was amazing. So yeah, that's something you wouldn't know by looking at LinkedIn, I guess. No,
0: I just, I got a chill when you talked about what your husband put together, that program. Yeah, Just for the the family to, to think about those things. And I'm totally inspired because I'm kind of in that place, my spouse, where our kids are grown and now would be a really good time for us to do that kind of activity. So totally inspired me. Thank you so oh, cool. much for sharing that. Wow.
1: Yeah, My pleasure.
0: <laughs> I'm just, I, we're glowing here. That's just yeah. so amazing. And when you think about this trip, what's the first image that pops into your head?
1: Ooh, um, this huge redwood trees. Uh, I mean, we—oh we, we, my gosh, it's Big so Sur beautiful! Area. So, what is the area called? It's all around. I should know that, right? But it's a along um, the the hi- Highway One and the One Hundred and One, kind of in between mm-hmm. there. Um, there's it's a probably
0: Big Sur area it, in California.
1: It's in California. There's a gro- a grove called Lady Byrne Johnson Grove, and mm-hmm. we went there. We walked around and. I mean, it was just absolutely gorgeous and amazing. And the weather was perfect. And the way the sunlight was just filtering in through the canopy was unbelievable. So that's the first thing that comes to mind. I can see it. I'm like standing there next to you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> and I, I have saw- been there. Oh, have you? I have, but hearing you describe it just, wow. That's so cool. And and was the other thing that's so neat about it, like the 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 forest fires are, you know fairly common and they've gone through that area of the country as well, although it's much more moist, which is great. But, um, those trees can withstand so much, like the, the trees and some of them, they're like hollowed out because of the fires, but they're still alive. And there's a massive like shell or opening in the, you know, the tree kind of creates a a teepee almost. And I have these amazing photos of our son inside some of those. He looks so tiny. It's just the coolest. It was the coolest adventure.
0: It it is amazing. And being in Montana where we are inundated with forest fires almost yeah. every summer, um, what strikes me about that is that some of these trees are alive because of fire. Yeah. You know, they need it. The Ponderosa pine, the some of those seeds have to have serious heat to open so that they can germinate. And I think sometimes we forget that our role is to watch it. Yeah, Not to stop it necessarily. Um, but I also worked for the for our city on fuel mitigation along in our watershed. And part of the big problem, if if people aren't familiar with the West and the fires of the West and the fires right now in Canada, we had been um, protecting our forests for so long. There was uh, the Forest Service had over 25 years of just stopping any fire that might have started which means that none of the natural fires came through to reduce the fuel loads that are in there. So the biggest issue with those forest fires isn't the fire itself. It's the fact that there's so much fuel that oftentimes the fire gets way hotter than it ever would in natural conditions. And it severely damages the the layers of soil on top, basically creating glass. And that's why we end up with such severe erosion. Because you end up with these glass surfaces that are six to 12 inches, sometimes deeper, because of the how hot those fires burn because of all the fuel loads that have been collecting in there. And then you have rain in the spring. And so huge chunks of this glass-like surface being pushed down into your waterways and into gullies. And that's what happened outside of Denver and wrecked their... Um, residential water supply for years because of all of the sediment that was just, just came down and filtered into their water system that they couldn't control big logs, lots of sediment, and it just clogs everything up. And you can't, I mean, it takes decades to recover from that. So I love that. I love that you saw that and that your son got to see that and to see the beauty of life that comes after those fires when they're natural.
1: (laughs) Wow! Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That's very cool. I love your story. Um, some of the information that was that we saw and read while we were there was around how Native Americans also understood, to your point, the mm-hmm. fires and how important they were, um, and how that was just part of the natural process of things and and used that to their advantage while they were living there in that land. And it's just amazing that that wisdom existed. And then, you know, along the way we lost it and we're having to relearn it. So it's just fascinating. Right.
0: Cause we got so smart, right? Right. We we're thought, so... we thought we knew better than nature. Yeah. yeah. Ironic. Mm-hmm. And that's actually kind of a perfect segue into our conversation. When you think about it, our culture and what we expose our children to over time um, is where part of where we are now with global climate issues and the polarization of our communities um, that we've we've lost so much of culture and community, and at least in the Jewish tradition, it's always been on the maternal side that nurtured culture and community and ritual and ceremony. So, without telling our listeners what you and your husband do about specifically in terms of your business, when you think about a, an interaction you recently had or. A referral or um, a review you got. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me something about that so that we know what you do without you telling us specifically what you do?
1: There, there are a lot of different things I could tell you. Let me. T- I'll start with one because I share a lot on LinkedIn, and um, and it, I know you're very big on LinkedIn as well. Mm-hmm. It's so amazing the people that reach out to you and the stories that they share with you. So there was a woman that reached out to me not long ago. We had a conversation. Um, and she said, this is, this is where we're at now. And I think, you know, five years from now, this conversation will look very different, but she said, I wish I knew about Leva. Uh, when I was a brand new mom, her baby is like a year old now. She said, I was, I struggled so much with, um, baby being in an IQ and being on leave and trying to figure out breastfeeding and everything else. And then when I went back to work, She said she had just gotten promoted to a junior executive position at her company, huge financial services company, uh, right before she went on um, maternity leave. She said, when I got back, I was so stressed because I left my baby, you know, even though she had time with her baby, uh, she was trying to figure out like all of the things around keeping the baby well and pumping and all that stuff. But the biggest challenge for her was reintegrating into the workforce And there had been someone that, you know, obviously stepped up and helped out while she was gone and kind of took on that role. And she felt like she told herself, this person's doing better than I could do. This person's better than I am at that job, you know, and she ended up demoting herself to a lower level position elsewhere in this massive company. And it's heartbreaking to me that she felt that she had to do that. um, Because it's not the way that it needs to go. And so Yeah, my goal is to change that dramatically so that women have the support that they need at the companies that they're at 360 degrees as they become new parents. So, yeah.
0: What I'm hearing is that it's about building a community of support.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Wow. I I just had this interesting conversation with my 22 year old son about he's given up on social media generally. He, closed out his Instagram account. He's like, I, I don't have a career path right now. I don't even know what I'm doing over the next six months, much less a few years. And he said, I found that when I would get onto Instagram, it was when I was lonely
1: uh-huh. and
0: it was not healthy. I would see all these likes and and I, was, I realized that this, this isn't where I need to spend my time. And he had kind of this blanket statement about how bad social media is. And I said, I don't know, Max, I think it's, and it's not just a platform, even though the platforms are designed to feed on loneliness and desperation, they're designed to make us want to keep coming back to get those dopamine boosts of Mm -hmm. the likes and the comments. However, there are places in social media that are serving great purpose. Like I have, as you mentioned, LinkedIn, I have this amazing community of people on LinkedIn that are making my life better because they're in it. Yeah, absolutely. So when you think about the community that you're building in within your product, what does that look like?
1: Yeah, um, it's interesting. So right now our focus is on supporting new moms, right? So I'll take a step back. Um, when we built the app, we had a beta period where we were asking for new users to give it a shot, give us feedback. And our focus at that time was really that first year postpartum, because there's so many things that can be challenging and getting support is critically important. You know, breastfeeding can be hard. Sleep can be hard. Going back to work can be hard. And obviously, you know, your body changes a lot after you have a baby and that's also hard. So being able to get that support either through a community or through one-on-one coaching is really, really important. And so we, we built that all in, in the very beginning And what we saw was that actually 50% of the users that wanted to try our app out during this beta period were expectant moms. So then we're like, Oh, okay. Like started building a community there. There's a community (laughs) there too. So we started building all of this like experiential components and content and help and support for these expectant moms. Um, so now we're kind of like spanning that phase. And as I've been talking more about Lava, um, There are moms that are experienced moms that have older kids that are like, I want to be part of that community. I want to help those new moms. So it's just been kind of growing organically in that way. Uh, But really it is about like supporting, connecting and supporting new moms with one another and with experts in the space that can help them.
0: I love that. I, I have to ask, I know that as a new mom, I had to set some boundaries that were really hard. Yeah. And one of those was people who really wanted to help, but they weren't helping. Mm-hmm. So where are the boundaries that you set and And can you tell me a story of where you had to do that in your community?
1: Ah, well, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one because we actually started out um we have a community now. It's highly managed. Um we started out without a community at all because my own personal experience, i um the reason Leva even, got started is just because of my own struggles with breastfeeding. Like I'm very tight. You can probably tell that from our conversation so far. I'm very type A. I like to plan things out. Um, I'm very career driven, right? I have goals and I like work towards them and I achieve them and all of that stuff. That's how I see myself anyway, at least how I try to be in life. Um, and I thought i would be the same with having a baby, right? I was like, he's going to sleep in his own room. I know it's so ridiculous. So ridiculous. Uh, he's going to sleep in his own room. Breastfeeding is going to be natural. It's going to be easy you know, just all of the things I just thought would be straightforward. And then, um, birth was great. I'm very lucky. You know, I had a a home birth and he would, it went well. Uh, he latched right away. Everything looked good, but then a few days went by and he wasn't gaining enough weight and another week went by and he still wasn't gaining enough weight. And at that time I was starting to experience a ton of pain from breastfeeding and I had no idea it could hurt. You know, I knew like everyone tells you it hurts a little bit. It's a little uncomfortable in the beginning, but it was severe, <laughs> right? It was severe. Oh yeah.
0: I remember seeing blood in the baby's diaper <sighs> and that was oh, from my nipple.
1: Yeah. No. Oh, oh yeah, no. That's not good. painful. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I just remember like, it felt like needles were like stabbing me, right? In my breasts. Yeah, and I was like, it hurts. I'm a professional woman. I'm an athlete. Like I'm a runner. I do hard things. How can this be the hardest thing I've ever done? You know? And so I tried to find experts that could help me, lactation consultants. I went, I saw so many different lactation consultants. I read as much as I could possibly find that I could get my hands on. And what really, really bothered me um, was a, the lack of medical expertise in the space and b the fact that so much of the information was based on someone's opinion, you know, and the, you know, the mommy forums, I have so many mommy forums and it was just like, so guilt inducing um you know if you don't feed breastfeed your baby or you don't you can't make a full supply of milk for your baby it was so shameful i felt so ashamed and so guilty and like my body was just completely letting me down and and so for the longest time i was like we're not going to have a community in our app because i don't want moms to feel that way you know whatever they decide to do i want to support them if they want to breastfeed great if they want to formula feed great if they want to do both great like however Here they want to the care Here's the information you're going to need. Here's the scientific information, you know, (laughs) just based on facts. It's just based on data. And every single mom I spoke with was like, well, where's the community? (laughs) Not even even kidding. I was like, no, no, no. But like, but the facts are there. They're like, yeah, but I want to connect with other moms. And I was like, oh, okay. So it was, that was like, but are you sure? I don't want you to feel bad. Um but yeah that was like that was such a, a a mental shift for me. It actually took me a year or more of having this ex- like before we had the app, but we had the website, we had content and everything. Bef- it took me a year before I was like okay, we're going to do the community then, you know. <laughs> well, I <laughs> so- think
0: sometimes the universe just has to poke and poke and poke and poke and poke and then and all of a sudden it slaps you. It does. <laughs> it does.
1: Okay. But I was just so worried about it. I just didn't want it to become a negative thing because I've seen so much of that. And I just want yes. what we're building to be like incredibly supportive. You well, know, that's why I
0: asked because yeah. I've, I've experienced that as well. It's why I've created my own community because yeah. I didn't feel like I was part of any that, was, that were particularly supportive. So, yeah. So tell me when you've had to set that boundary because I'm thinking, um, in, even in our household, We've created this amazing community that is a huge part of why our, our two sons at 22 and 24 are such good humans is because they've had the influence of That's our awesome. village that we've created. And there have been times where I've had to set the boundary. Um, somebody came into our house and was, um, she was telling the story of her, she caught her husband in bed with her best friend they've been married. They'd been married 30 years Ugh. and her best friend was also her business partner. No, and it was totally traumatic, totally tragic. And she would come, she would, because we have that kind of household, she would show up at our house, I don't know, two, three, four times a week just at dinner time. So, of course, we'd invite her to sit with us and we'd feed her. And by the end of dinner, I'd have to excuse the boys from the table. They were little, they were like preteens. I'd have to excuse them from the table guys, go load your plates and go work on homework or whatever, because I knew she was just going to collapse into a puddle of tears. And she was going to be talking about things that I didn't think were particularly appropriate for our boys. And at some point I finally, I walked her out. This was weeks into it. I walked her out. I said, Kathy, this has to stop. And here's why I am here for you when you're ready to solve these problems. I am not the friend that you come to in this condition. Yeah. I'll sit here and and hold you for a little while, but when I'm not that friend and I remember setting that boundary, it was for me as much as it was for the boys. So tell me about that incident that you had to grapple with that, with your new community, that you finally let the universe
1: convince you (laughs) to create. Yeah. You know what? It honestly, knock on wood, it has not yet been a problem. Um, Thank goodness. And I really think that it's because we have hired the people that we've hired and we create the content, we create everything that we put out into the world is all about supporting new moms, regardless of their decisions. And we're like, here's why breastfeeding is amazing. Cool. If you don't want to do it, here's why formula feeding is amazing. Cool. If you don't want to do it. But like everything we put out is that we are supporting moms, no matter what, even our lactation consultants, which I mean, sometimes it's a slippery slope and it's terrible that it is this way but the governing bodies for lactation consultants are very much like you can't promote formula. You can't support formula. Like you only can support breastfeeding and our lactation consultants are like so amazing. Like we work with primarily two incredible women and they're like, yeah, but no, I mean, I work with enough moms to know that that's not, it can't be the only way. Right. And and they're right. just so wonderful about making sure that the experience in the environment is balanced and supportive and they know who we are, like why Leva is here, and so um, I think that because everything we're putting out is so balanced and so open and so supportive, our community hasn't even broached that scary point. I mean, and it's a yet, you know. I mean, it's I am sure there will be something at some point that comes up that we will have that slippery slope but i will tell you for sure that there are people that i haven't hired to create content or give consultations or things like that because the mindset is not the mindset that we're attempting to achieve you know
0: mm. oh i love that that's so important and it what it speaks to to me is the same things that go into parenting which is creating the environment that <laughs> that you want to see in your world
1: yeah Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's hard. I mean, I'm looking at you. Yeah, you and you've been. You're like an experienced parent, and I have a almost six year old. But it's tough because there, there are people that you. I mean, people and and things that you love, and you're like, ah, well, now that I have a kid, I'm making different decisions than I might have if it's just me. To your point about your friend, even you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I I really, you know, part of me is like, well, yeah, I was protecting myself because it was draining. Um but yeah I I think I think especially given what you are what your goals are and the goals that you set for the organization and the app and the community that you've built making that so crystal clear and being particular about who you invite into this yeah. community I think that's I I wish more of us would do
1: that starting when we're young women Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. I know. I wish I could go back to my like 20 year old self and say, Hey, by the way, if you do this now, it'll be great. And you don't have to wait until you're like in your mid thirties. Right. Exactly. Although I think at the same time, you have to have those
0: experiments, (laughs) right? Like I, if you had told me at 20 that I needed to be particular about who I spent my time with, I'd be like, well, yeah, but I wouldn't know what that meant. Right. I mean, to a certain extent you do, if you're raised with parents who are particular about who they spend time with, then yeah, you're going to be more particular about that. But um, I, I, so many times I think, gosh, I wish I knew this when I was younger. And all I can think is you wouldn't be the coach you are now. Yeah, You wouldn't be the the podcast interviewer you are now. If you knew all those things as a kid, <laughs>
1: if you didn't have to struggle
0: and learn them the hard way.
1: So, oh my gosh, that's so true. Like just that the same lesson as the, as the forests you have to go yes. through. <laughs> Yes,
0: exactly. You gotta go through fire before you're gonna grow. And (laughs) although I have to say I I get all prickly when I hear people say, well, you know, the the pain, those hardest experiences are the most important lessons you'll learn, or you know, the most important. Anytime I hear the most, my my flags go up. Yeah. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I can tell you that having holding this newborn baby in my arms was absolutely filled with joy. And was one of the most powerful moments of my life. One of the most powerful lessons of my life. And it had nothing to do with struggle and pain other than, you know, physical (laughs) stuff. But yeah, so I'm very careful about how I tread that water. It's not the most important lessons, but certainly
1: a lot of great. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I totally agree with you. I think that's really well said. There are some very painful things I've experienced in my life that are... I don't know that I've learned a lesson from yet. And there are some really like things that things I was scared about were were awesome that I'm like, Oh, I learned I could do that thing that I thought was scary. Right. So it's not always the most painful. I agree.
0: So let's come back just briefly before we wrap up to your road trip, because Mm -hmm. I I love how that has played a role, the story of your 40 day road trip and how you designed it, how that's played a role. And I've kind of seen this thread through our entire conversation. Mm -hmm around what you do, around the culture and community you're creating, the intention mm-hmm. and intentional way you're doing it. Because you can have great intentions, but if you're not approaching it in an intentional way, then they're kind of useless, those intentions. Yeah. Um, when you think about your road trip and you think about um, the reason you went on this road trip, I'd love for you to share. I You told me this right before we hit record. What was kind of one of the purposes of your road trip when it comes to those next 10 years. Oh. Because you mentioned moving around and having kind of an ideal place to land.
1: Oh, okay. Thank you. I was like, what did I say? <laughs> <I laughs> no, it's it's Friday. Everybody's a little tired. <laughs> it is. It is. It's, it's been a long couple months. <laughs> um can't even say in a couple of days. So yeah, so we are originally from Texas, San Antonio, Texas, and moved to New York City for a period of time in our 20s and 30s, as you do, and start your career, moved back to San Antonio for work, and then starting a family, and then moved to Kansas City, which is where we live now. Um, but we we have homes in a couple places, like upstate New York, middle of nowhere, Kansas City, which uh, we're... We're staying here now because um, our nanny moved here with us and we are very close with her and her family. We love them to death, but we're like, man, you know, there's a lot of the U.S. we haven't seen and there's a lot of the world we haven't seen. And we don't know that this is going to be our actual home forever. We really want to explore more of, of what that could look like. And um, the Pacific Northwest is amazing and beautiful and you hear all the great things about it. So we just really wanted to go uh, spend time in a few different places and kind of live there, work there and see if maybe there's maybe that could be where we go like we, maybe we could put down some roots there and up next we'll be we're going to go actually experience some of portugal so we'll see what that's like yeah
0: amazing so the thing that popped into my head as we've been talking about parenting and supporting mm-hmm. new parents particularly new moms because they're the ones carrying this fetus <laughs> yeah or or adopting I I think a a mom perspective is different from a dad perspective Um, without including whatever gender, the critical aspect of this is finding the community that's going to support you raising this human to a point where they can be independent, where they can contribute to whatever community they choose or build in their future and where you live matters. It does. And, I've always been a person that has said, wherever you are, you can create your community. You can like wherever you live. But what I realize is that so many people get sucked into where they are for whatever reasons. We moved here for a job. Now we have kids, we have a house. So they don't yeah. intentionally choose where they live. And I had this conversation with my aunt who lived in Burke, Virginia for their entire married life. They moved. From Wilmington, Delaware to Burke, Virginia, when my uncle got a job with Pentagon, and they just stayed there. And when she said, "We're gonna we're buying a house in, near Phoenix to retire," we love to hike, and um, and then we can come to Montana more and hike with you in the summer because we're not going to be in Phoenix in the summer. And she said, "We're not like you. We didn't choose Burke." Mm-hmm. We came here because Uncle Jeff got a job and this is where we stayed. And now we're choosing. And oh. I thought, oh my gosh, we did choose Montana. Yeah. So um when you think about whatever that is gonna look like, what's what do you envision for this? Cause you're you have vision, clearly. Yeah. That's how you work. That's how your brain works. You're probably a futuristic in your top finder tablet. <laughs> oh, your tablet
1: your strengths I remember yes. you. that's right. I love that about you. I love that you're a strength coach. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> my husband has adaptability and adaptability and ideation. I have input is my number one and significance oh. is number three. So those are the ones I remember. So you're collecting. Uh, collect always, always. It's <laughs> a, a problem. hard on a 40-day road trip not to collect stuff. <laughs> Oh, there's plenty of stuff we brought back. We have a massive car to put it in. Trust me, it's like <laughs> necessary for three people, but necessary for all the things.
0: Hilarious. You should you
1: should see my bookshelves. It's it's ridiculous. Um, yes. So we want to be. I don't want to, you know, not to be overly political, but we're very open-minded. We're very like accepting of every kinds of person, you know. So we want to live in a place that is the same, and we want to live in a place that, obviously, we're women, and we. I'm a woman. We're not women. My husband's not a woman. But we we believe in women's rights and their ability to choose and all of those things. So we want to be in a place that's aligned with those values. And you know, that's the other beautiful thing about having this company is that we get to choose the organizations that we work with and they choose us, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we think about where we want to live, those things are very, very important to us as well. And being able to easily get out and go for a hike is obviously, I know that's also part of what you love about being in Montana. Um, so like Salida, Colorado, amazing, Portland, Oregon, amazing. You could have a home and then immediately go out and have access to all of these trails, you know, hundreds of miles of trails. Um, so those things, you know, are important to me. Plus obviously like having a really good safe place for our child. Uh, you know, the U S is scary. Obviously gun violence is the number one cause of death for children and teens in our, in, in our country. Um, and there are States that are safer than others there are countries that are safer than others. So that's a huge factor too that we're considering.
0: Thank yeah. you for sharing that. I know sometimes it's tricky um, walking that line of wh- how much do we share? And the, as far as I'm concerned, you share what you need other people to know so that you attract the audience that you need to attract. I'm not going to talk about things that don't resonate with me to attract an audience that I'm not going to enjoy working with. Yeah. So I love that you are so upfront with your values and what you're looking for. And also, you know, you come back to that fine line. I live in Montana, which is not a great state for, well, for gun safety. It's okay. Cause we only have a million people here. So it's yeah. just the likelihood just goes down when you have fewer people, but we have a lot of guns here because we have a lot of hunting culture. And um, my husband and I, we talked about leaving the state because of the political yeah issues that are going on, especially now our last legislative session was kind of a disaster environmentally and for human rights and yet we're in Helena, Montana, which is kind of this one uh, there are a few pockets of of more liberal thinking. I won't call it blue or raise right. any particular designation because there are people from across a political spectrum that have more um Open thinking in terms of not projecting their beliefs onto other people, but yes, um, we we stay here partly because we've created this community of like-hearted, not like-minded. We surround ourselves with people that are different from us, but like-hearted community of people who want to support children and make sure that we are stopping some of these cycles of poverty and violence and yeah, miseducation. Yes. I like that phrase, miseducation. It's a great one. Um, and we stay here because we think that we can have uh, an impact that we can contribute to it. So I I feel you. And yeah. especially with a young child, six years old, we didn't have the same issues when our boys were in school. Right. Our, our state was more purple. We had representation from across. And so it wasn't quite as polarized. So I hear you. And my heart hurts for people raising children right now in the current environment and just know across the board listeners that you have this amazing community of women and resources through Vanessa's organization. And you have an ear right here in Helena, Montana, when you need that support as well. Love it.
1: That's awesome. Thank you.
0: So Vanessa, if you could say one thing about your business and your ultimate goal what would you tell mothers-to-be, parent, new parents, mm-hmm. and career-driven women? Because they're not all the same.
1: No, absolutely. I mean, ultimate goal for Leva is to support women across their entire life's journey. You know, it's quite a big, audacious goal, but that's why we live on this beautiful planet. We have one shot, so we might as well make it the best we can. And I really want to grow Leva over the next decade to support women when they're you know, young, graduating from college setting up their finances, figuring out their career goals, and ensure they're on a really good path. I don't feel like the support is there right now, and I think we can do a lot more. And then um, obviously through childbirth, which is a massive change, into uh, menopause, which thankfully people are talking about now, but is a massive impact in every aspect of life including your career mm-hmm. uh, and then into retirement where you're like planning for how you can live in retirement and draw down and women have longer lifespans and all of those things it's I would love for love it to grow to be a resource across a, a woman's entire lifespan um so that's that's the big big goal, audacious goal and then um the things that I think are really important in, is just for us to continue learning and having open conversations um, men and women. And I'm, I'm very lucky to have the opportunity to talk with male CEOs, um, women in leadership, you know, on a regular basis every week that actually want to make change. So if you're listening to this and you're frustrated, or you've had some negative career experiences, or you haven't gotten that promotion. So many women that I've talked to have been in that spot. Just know that there are really good people and places out there that are looking for you and your talents. Um, you can also, you know, as you as we kind of continue to grow, I believe the people that are working with us, the employers that are working with us, will be the places that people want to work because they care, you know? So so don't lose hope. Know that it's out there and that people are learning. We're learning every day as a society um, and continuing to progress and get better. So as dark as sometimes it feels, it's Jeff, it's not that's not the only part of the story. The story is good and things are getting better holistically. So that's the message.
0: Thank you for that burst of optimism. Yeah, (laughs) my pleasure. We all need that so badly. I so appreciate your time, Vanessa. And listeners know that um, links to Leva and Vanessa's uh, LinkedIn profile are going to be in the show notes associated with this podcast at elkinsconsulting.com. Don't hesitate to reach out and connect with her because This woman really knows where the resources are that you need, that we need as a community. Thank Thank you. Thank you
1: very much. I appreciate it.
0: Listeners, it's your turn. Your stories don't define you. The things that happen to you or in your life, that's not what defines you. It's how you talk about those things. It's how you choose your internal dialogue and the stories that you're telling so that you can shift them from maybe being a victim to being your own guide and hero. And remember, there are lots of guides out there just waiting to be in your corner and support you. And I just have one request, listeners. It doesn't have to be when you're having a big decade birthday or when you're about to empty nest or some random arbitrary part of your life that you can do the program that Vanessa's has been created for them, where you think about the moments in the last 10 years that were really meaningful, that have shaped you into who you are today and start thinking about what moments you want over the next 10 years. You can do that today. It doesn't have to be a big decade birthday or a New Year's Eve. I'd encourage you to think about that. Thanks for listening. Smile, what's the use of crying? You'll find that life is still worthwhile if you just smile.